Welcome back to a Word Fitly Spoken, a podcast about Jesus, His Word, and our joy in following Him. I'm Amy Spreeman. And I'm Michelle Leslie. And welcome back to part two of how we spent our summer vacation. We missed you all and we appreciate your patience over the summer while we recharged our batteries. We are back to work recording some great episodes that we think you'll really enjoy. But first, we want to finish telling you about some things that we did over the summer. First of all, Amy, any personal tidbits you want to share about your summer trips or fun things you did or great books you read or anything like that? Yeah, I've been doing some audio books, which I've really come to enjoy. Uh, my favorite right now being Jim Osmond's God Doesn't Whisper. Uh, Pastor mm-hmm. Jim, he doesn't narrate this book um, on the Audible app, but he has this British voice actor do it. It's really cool. Uh, delightful, actually. And uh, the book itself is amazing. Um, and stay tuned because we are going to actually interview Pastor Jim in a future episode here. So stay yes. tuned. That's coming up this fall. Um, I also enjoyed helping to facilitate a uh, study on the book of Ruth for the ladies at our church. And we always do small groups over the summertime. It's a little less formal. We gather these groups in our homes or uh, at the local coffee shop, which is what our group did. Uh, I love that. <laughs> and so, um, and my husband and I spent much of the summer outdoors as we always love to do. Uh, for some reason, though, our bikes did not make it out of the garage. I felt kind of sad about that, but we did a lot of gardening and visiting with friends and fellowshipping with our church family. And we even hosted our uh, August church picnic, which we love to do. We held a church service at our house. They they took our front porch and transformed it into kind of the pulpit area. The musicians were there with their amps. We had to warn the neighbors. We invited them too, but um, they didn't <laughs> come. Um, but it's really something that we always love to do. And then afterward, you know, the, the grand reveal as we open the garage door and there's all the food that we've prepared. And uh, it's a uh, it's incredible. These ladies can cook. It, it Amazing. Um, we didn't actually go on any summer vacations. Uh, we did make a few trips to Minnesota to visit family and things like that, but that's about it. What about you, Michelle? What did you do? What, what personal things can you share? Oh, I was so busy this summer. My goodness. I know. <laughs> I mentioned last time that we went with our kids to see the Essential Church movie and corporately booed Andy Stanley. So that was one of the highlights of my summer. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. And we also have a monthly Sunday dinner with our kids since most of them are grown and out on their own. So that and our other visits with them are very special. We do that all year around, not just during the summer. Um, my husband and I also got to take a short trip to Arkansas to visit my parents for several days and help them out with a few little projects. We really enjoyed that. I'm so thankful for them. uh, And we really enjoyed our visit with them. Um, I only had two conferences this summer, the Open Hearts in a Closed World online conference, and then another one in Tennessee that was really great. So Mm -hmm. I got a little bit of a breather before my busy fall conference season, which actually starts tomorrow as we're recording this. Yeah, I'm going to be busy, busy, busy. Um, Church slowed down a little bit for the summer, but I still kept pretty busy. I teach a monthly women's 
seminar workshop. I never know what to call it, but what, <laughs> what happens is that I teach on a biblical topic like modesty or hospitality or the sufficiency of scripture or whatever. And then we break into discussion groups for a little while. And then we have some food and fellowship time. So I taught three of those, whatever we're going to call ah, those workshops. Nice. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, those are always great. And I also lead a weekly discipleship small group during the year and uh, at my church. And officially, those are canceled during the summer. So I hope I won't get in trouble for uh, still holding them over the summer. I'm sure I will. <laughs> but uh, my, my ladies wanted to keep meeting and not go on a hiatus during the summer. So we were able to meet several times during the summer. And that was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And then as we were winding up the summer, we had a conference at church called um, Protecting Life After Roe. And my friends, Pastor Dusty Devers and Brian, uh, Pastor Brian Gunter, as well as Pastor Blake Gideon came to my church and spoke to us about abortion abolition, because even though Roe was overturned, abortion is still legal in all 50 states, including my own Louisiana. So um, and there was a particular part of the conference that really, really impacted me. And we'll we'll talk more about that and about abolition in the future. Mm-hmm. But if I could just give this conference a plug, I would really encourage all the churches that are represented in our listening audience to have these brothers in to speak to your church about abolition. This is so important. Babies are still being murdered in the womb without consequence. And we've got a link uh, in the show notes with some information on that conference. So take a look at it, show it to your pastor and encourage him to consider holding a similar conference. And that's those are just some of the major things that I did this summer. I kept busy <laughs> Yeah, I got a room in my house cleaned out too, so that was really encouraging. <laughs> a lot of stuff going on. That is a, a good start, <laughs> you know. Uh, but yes, it, it really is important to remain vigilant in the fight against abortion. So uh, I definitely am going to check that out. Uh, we'll put that link in our show notes today too. And like we said last time in part one, uh, we're going to have lots of links in today's show notes. So uh, you know, we we talk about you know check the show notes, check the show notes. But you know what? We'll just say it once. So everything you hear in this program, we'll have links to in our show notes. So we'll tell you up front and of repeating ourselves. So, uh, Michelle, I know there was one other major event during your summer vacation that a number of our listeners have asked uh, to hear about. You represented your church as a messenger to the annual meeting of the Southern Baptist Conventions in New Orleans uh, in June. I did. And I'll try to hit that sweet spot of, of covering enough to satisfy our listeners who are really interested and invested in this topic and then keeping it brief enough not to bore everybody else to tears. So here we go. <laughs> the best part of the convention is always the shortest part, unfortunately. You know, getting to see those those brothers and sisters you love from all over the country that you don't get to see very often. Uh, I held a few pop-up meet and greets and I got to meet a few of our listeners and and followers and they were just so gracious and kind and it was a pleasure to meet them. It was amazing. Uh, I got to hang out for a little while with our friends from Founders Ministries, Tom Askell and his awesome wife, Donna. She is phenomenal. Mm -hmm. And also, you know, the rest of the Founders family that, that was there seeing loved ones, that was the best part. And it's, I wish it could just be all of that, you know, just like a family reunion. But the purpose for our meeting is to do the business of the convention. And that was 
at times a little encouraging and at other times very discouraging. So let me just hit the highlights. Um, first, I again offered a motion on behalf of our friend Jennifer Buck, who is a sexual abuse victim who has been treated absolutely shoddily by mm-hmm. Southeastern Seminary personnel, uh, President Danny Aiken, uh, Karen Swallow Pryor, and others, uh, as she attempted to tell her story of hope and healing. My motion was, of course, ruled out of order because Jennifer and her Tom, her husband, Tom Buck, have vocally stood against the sin and corruption at the highest levels of the SBC. It was a gross miscarriage of justice for Jennifer. So that was one of the discouraging things that happened. Um, prior to the annual meeting, the executive committee had made the decision to disfellowship or cut ties with four churches three of them for having women pastors, uh, one of them for mishandling a sexual misconduct case. All four churches had the opportunity to speak at the convention to challenge the executive committee's decision. Three of them did, but the messengers voted to uphold the EC's decision in all three cases, and they were formally disfellowshipped. Now, the one that will be of greatest interest to our listeners was Rick Warren's church, Saddleback. They were they were disfellowshipped from the SBC. Um, and much like his unprecedented and completely out of order ode to himself at last year's convention, he gave a bombastic unbiblical and arrogant three-minute speech protesting the EC's decision. I mean, they he kept he would have kept going longer than three minutes, but it was a three-minute limit and they had to cut him off. They had to turn his mic off at the three-minute limit. But anyway, he was protesting the the EC's decision to disfellowship Saddleback. And he just flatly stated that churches with women on pastoral staff are not sinning. So that was just very blatant. But this year's yeah. Bible Belt messengers weren't buying it. The The EC's decision to disfellowship Saddleback was affirmed by an overwhelming 88% of the voting body, and they are out. Um, repentance on the Yay. part... <laughs> yes. Repentance on the part of, of Rick and Saddleback would really have been the best thing that could have happened. But since they wouldn't repent, this was the second best outcome. Mm-hmm. And uh, consequently, I believe... We got an extra prize in our Cracker Jack box about two weeks later when Stephen Furtick's Elevation Church wrote a letter to the executive committee saying that they were leaving the SBC. So again, barring repentance, this is the best possible outcome. So those are those are sad things that we have to cut ties with churches and pastors who just won't repent. But it was the right decision. You know, it was the godly biblical decision to cut ties with unrepentantly sinning pastors and churches. The um, Moving on to something else that happened, the 2023 convention slanderous screed, excuse me, convention sermon was delivered by one Todd Unziker. I had never heard of him prior to that moment, but apparently he's the executive director of the Baptist State Convention of North Carolina. Mm-hmm. The, the sermon started off okay-ish with him giving his personal testimony. And then it devolved into mockery, slander, and insults of doctrinally sound Southern Baptists who hold to the doctrines of grace, as well Mm. as anyone who has dared to challenge SBC leadership for its sinful and unbiblical governance. It was, yeah, it was embarrassing. It was awful. And 
we could have done an entire podcast on his sermon alone, Amy, but it, mm. it, it made me so angry. I don't think I could do it without sinning. But yeah. fortunately, our, our friend Keith Foskey did a whole podcast episode on it and sort of reviewed it and commented on it. So we didn't have to. <laughs> and it's, again, in the show notes. Um, two more items of note about changes to our seminal documents, the Baptist Faith and Message, the BFM, which is basically the SBC's statement of faith, and then the SBC Constitution, which is basically our statement of governance. So a motion was made and approved that the wording in the section of the BFM on our doctrine of the church be changed from simply pastor to pastor slash elder slash overseer for clarity, because those terms are interchangeable. Uh, I don't really get why it was necessary, because if they're interchangeable, I mean, doesn't the term pastor cover and imply elder and overseer? Uh, I kind of have... Yeah, I kind of have an idea that there's more to it than that, but I'm not sure. So I won't speculate on that. Anyway, now instead of simply pastor, that section reads, the two the church's two scriptural offices are that of pastor slash elder slash overseer and deacon. While both men and women are gifted for service in the church, the office of pastor slash elder slash overseer is limited to <laughs> men as qualified by scripture. And then finally, an encouraging amendment to the SBC Constitution was offered up by Pastor Mike Law of Virginia. I had the pleasure of connecting with him on Twitter in the weeks leading up to the convention, and I hope I helped in a little little small way. I did what I could to help get the word out on Twitter about the law amendment, as it came to be called. Simply put, uh, Article 3, Section 1 of the SBC Constitution describes what it means for a church to be in friendly cooperation or not with the SBC. There are some general parameters and a few specific parameters. Currently, the only specific things listed that will get a church disfellowshipped from the SBC are affirming, approving, or endorsing homosexual behavior. That's number one. Number two is acting in a manner inconsistent with the convention's beliefs regarding sexual abuse. And then number three, acting to affirm, approve, or endorse discriminatory behavior on the basis of ethnicity. So those are the only specific things that can get you, quote unquote, kicked out of the SBC. Mm. Homosexuality, sexual abuse, uh, racism. That's it. Nothing about doctrine, nothing about fidelity to scripture, nothing about your church being led by a false teacher, nothing like that. But anyway, don't get me started on that. (laughs) So so Jim Law's amendment proposes to add one more parameter to that list of things that can get you uh, disfellowshipped from the SBC. Your church would only be in friendly cooperation with the SBC if it, quote, affirms, appoints, or employs only men as any kind of pastor or elder qualified as qualified by scripture. The messengers voted on the amendment and passed it with a two-thirds majority, which was great. Uh, But in order for it to take effect and be written into the Constitution permanently, it will have to be voted on again and passed with a two-thirds majority again at the 2024 convention in Indianapolis. In the wake of all the turmoil in the SBC about women pastors, I I think it's a timely and good amendment, and I hope it will lead SBC churches 
with women in pastoral positions to repent and to remove those women, and that it will also prevent churches with women pastors from joining the SBC in the first place in the future. So uh, that's just some of the highlights of what actually happened at the convention. A few of our followers have asked me to share my recommendations and thoughts about the future of the SBC. Um, the, the first thing I would recommend uh, is that if, if you are Southern Baptist, you find out if you don't already know where your pastor stands on all these major issues and whether or not he's in agreement with the current regime of SBC leadership. If he generally aligns with them, I would recommend finding a new church as soon as you can, because, you know, we don't have time to get into everything that's going on in the SBC, but there's a lot of sin and corruption at the highest levels and in every single entity of the SBC. If you're in a doctrinally sound SBC church and your pastor stands against all of that junk and thinks that your church should stay in the SBC in order to actively fight against the corruption in the SBC. And when I say actively fight, I mean getting involved and actually doing something, not just, you know, saying he's against it. Um, unless you're at the point where your conscience absolutely won't allow you to, if, if your pastor is taking that stand and fighting against the sin and corruption that's going on, um, I would advise you to stay at your church and support him. But, you know, yeah. you, you might want to ask him what his line in the sand is and consider whether you can stick with him that long. But I would encourage you to really try. Uh, if you don't want your offering money going to the SBC in the meantime, talk to your pastor or your finance committee about how to designate your your personal offerings that you give to your church. Uh, on on the third hand, if your pastor is ready to leave the SBC, thank him, give him a hug and support him as he gets you out of the SBC. Um, you know, I really appreciated and was encouraged by the positive things that happened at the convention this year. And I hope and pray that they signal a turnaround. But I just don't think that's going to happen. There are just too mm-hmm. many fires to put out in too many corners of the building. And then you've got a bunch of powerful men surrounding the building and fighting off the firefighters to keep them from getting in with their hoses to put those fires out. You know, they're just, yes. there comes a point at which the building is beyond saving. And if we're not there yet, we are awfully close. Amy, I know yes. your church isn't in the SBC anymore, but did you have any thoughts you wanted to share? No, that was a really good encapsulation of, of all that happened. I really appreciate this review. Um, I didn't follow it as closely this summer just because you're right. A, a couple of years ago, uh, that la- line in the sand for our church was crossed and uh, we did vote unanimously to leave the SBC. And it has been just fine. You know, the, you know, the ceiling didn't fall in on us for doing that. And, uh, you know, our, our money goes elsewhere and, uh, and we are able to support our missionaries. We, we do a lot of things that uh, don't involve supporting um, heretics. So (laughs) anyway, um, yeah, I, I, uh, but, but through it all, um, yeah, I, I just really appreciate your encouragement to other people who may be considering this and, and maybe their pastors don't realize or know all that is happened. So yeah, do share uh, this review with them, ladies, and um, and see what comes of it. But support your church. Absolutely. Um, all right. So 
One final thing we do want to comment on that came at the end of our summer break, um, it's it's not good news. Uh, Sarah Young, the author of Jesus Calling, died this summer, August 31st to be exact. The moment after she took her last breath, she was face-to-face with the Jesus that she had been impersonating for almost two decades, deceiving people into thinking that the real Jesus of Scripture was actually talking audibly to her in messages that sounded nothing like our Savior in Scripture. Her Jesus-calling empire amassed millions and millions of dollars with her her, uh, book earnings and uh, other apostate tchotchke, shall we say, uh, and that stuff was sold around the world. It still is. What damage she has done to the body of Christ. You know, Michelle, I just shudder to think of her eternal life right now in this moment, unless by some miracle God allowed her to repent as she was actively dying. Um, she, but she had spent her life ignoring or rejecting truth, all the admonitions that people had shared with her. And now after her 77 years on earth, she's gone. But unfortunately, her fake, fluffy Jesus continues to lull her readers and listeners into a warm bowl of self-esteem soup and a lot of good feelings sprinkled along the top. Um, one of the many spin-off products from Sarah Young's best-selling book, Jesus Calling, is the Jesus Calling Devotional Bible. It's it's bestseller. It is a new King James Bible filled with messages that uh, she claims to have received from Jesus. Jesus Christ. And in the original introduction to her book, Jesus Calling, the 2009 version before they changed it, uh, Young describes the nature of these messages. I'm going to read a few quotes from Sarah Young now. She said, quote, my journaling had changed from monologue to dialogue. Soon messages began to flow more freely. And I bought a special notebook to record these words. Ladies, that's called, by the way, uh, automatic writing. It's occultish. It's new age. Do not do that. <laughs> um, continuing on with Sarah Young. She said, quote, I have continued to receive personal messages from God as I meditate on him. This practice of listening to God has increased my intimacy with him more than any other spiritual discipline. So I want to share some of the messages I have received. Uh, ladies, God is not downloading messages into your brain. He has spoken through scripture. You can have a just as intimate a relationship with God without hearing the voice of some demonic uh, element, um, some familiar spirit. And Michelle, I do believe that Michelle Young probably thought she was hearing from Jesus and may actually have heard something audibly, but what she actually heard was a familiar spirit. In other words, something demonic. The Jesus Calling book doesn't really, you know, that Jesus Calling in that book that Jesus doesn't care about you. He hates you and he doesn't care about your salvation. He doesn't care that you won't be with him for eternity. If our listeners have any of the Jesus Calling products or are listening to the old uh, radio or television programs featuring those devotionals, throw those out. We'll have some research articles in our show notes today so you can do your own sleuthing on this. So any thoughts on Sarah Young and Jesus Calling and her passing? No, I think you you really covered that that part of it so well. I just um you know, I when she passed away, I I shared a um shared something that Chris Rosebro had said about her that yeah. that she was standing um I don't forget exactly what he said, but that um she now knows that 
you know, what she did was wrong and that the Jesus of her imagination was not the Jesus of scripture or something to that effect. Right. And so I shared that around and just said, you know, this is why it is so important that we continue to warn against false teachers. We continue to attempt to, uh, I don't know, rebuke, correct false teachers because eternities are at stake, both the, the false teachers eternity and their listeners, their followers eternities. And so most of the people that, you know, responded to those social media posts that I shared were in agreement and and took this very soberly and and understood what, you know, our responsibility is with regard to um, to warning and being discerning. Um, But there were several people who, you know, their their entire argument was, yeah, but, you know, you can't say that because you don't know her heart. We only God can know her heart. And so I just wanted to address that idea really quickly that only, you know, only God knows this false teacher's heart. That's Mm. not true. That is not biblical. If somebody has told you that they have lied to you. Let me tell you what scripture says about that. I've just got a couple of passages here that I want to read. The first one is is Luke 6, 45, and I'm sure most of our listeners will be familiar with this. It says, the good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good, and the evil person out of his evil treasure produces evil. Listen to this. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. And you could also say out of the abundance of his heart, her pen writes or her, I guess we don't use pens to write anymore, her computer Mm -hmm. types or whatever. What is in your heart comes out in your words. Um, So that's Luke 6, 45. And then Matthew uh, 7, 15 through 23, it says, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. Listen, you will recognize them, what? Not by knowing their hearts, but by their fruits. Exactly. Yeah. Are are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. She bore a lot of bad fruit. It says a healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. False teachers cannot bear good fruit. It says they're incapable of it right here. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. So that's a diseased Mm. tree that's not bearing good fruit. And what does it say will happen? That tree is cut down and thrown into the fire. That's not talking about a Christian. Christians are not cut down and thrown into the fire at eternity. That's what happens to false teachers. Thus, you will recognize them by their fruits. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my father who is in heaven. It is not the will of the father who is in heaven to teach false doctrine and to continue to teach it despite being rebuked and biblically corrected over and over and over again. Okay. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then will I declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. This is scary. This is serious. This is what 
these false teachers are evil and they're doing terrible things, but you know what? They are they are living, breathing human beings who are made in the image of God, and we don't want them to spend their eternity departing from Christ, being cut down, thrown into the fire. We want them to be saved and to come to the knowledge of Christ as Savior and Lord and to be forgiven, to repent for their sins and and to um, to live for Him and to sit down and stop teaching all these lies that are leading people right after them into the pits of hell. So, you know, this was something that was really important to me that I wanted to share with our listeners. We don't call false teachers out or warn against false teachers because we're trying to be mean or just because we're complaining all the time or anything like that. We do it because of eternity. Eternity is real. Do we really believe what scripture says about, you know, people who do not know Christ and where they're going to spend eternity? That's not just for, you know, your atheist neighbor down the street. That's for these people who disguise themselves as angels of light, uh, pretending to work on the same terms as the the real apostles and, and pretending to teach biblical truth. They are going to spend eternity in hell and and their followers who listen to them, who don't hear the, the biblical gospel and don't get genuinely regenerated and leave those false teachers. They're going to spend their eternity in hell, too. This is important. This is so serious. It, we have got to stand against and lovingly, biblically, firmly rebuke false teachers and warn against them. So this is an opportune moment to share that. Amen, Michelle. This is exactly why we do this program. We want women to know the truth and we want them to avoid these false teachers, but we're never to mock false teachers. We're never to be snarky uh, because of what they're facing, because of what Sarah Young is, uh, I'm 99% sure, facing right now. You know, unless, like I said, God can do what God wants to do, but but she's rejected the real Jesus over and over and over again. So, uh, so ladies, just uh, take this seriously, like Michelle said. Yeah. And I, I, like you said, I, I hope that's what happened. I hope she repented on her deathbed and that we will see her in heaven. We will be able to rejoice at the, the saving grace of Christ that can reach however deep in sin you are. It, the saving grace of Christ and his mercy can reach deeper than that, can reach down underneath you and pull you out and save you and cleanse you and forgive you. And I hope that that is what happened with Sarah. So, but, um, you know, so we've we've talked about all these things that we've been busy with during the summer. But, you know, Amy, we were not the only ones that were busy yes. during the summer. Our listeners were busy, too, supporting and encouraging us. So let's hear what they had to say. Yeah. Savannah, who listens on Apple Podcasts in the USA, left us a five star rating and this review, which she titled from offended to appreciative. Isn't that a great title? Oh, I love that. (laughs) She said, my husband and I were saved out of very popular NAR churches and teachers over a year ago. That's all I knew from my childhood. When I got saved and started reading the word, I came across Michelle's website and podcast. And much to my surprise, I was offended by much of what she shared, especially about women's roles. It drove me (laughs) even deeper into my Bible. And through much prayer and reading, I quickly found Mm -hmm. that it was me who was holding unbiblical views of women and their roles. 
souls. I've grown so much in my biblical knowledge and life appreciation from Michelle and Amy. I'm so glad my offense has been turned into love and appreciation for my sisters in Christ. Thank you for your dedication. I pray for your strength and boldness to continue. Oh, goodness. Thank you, Savannah. Thank Mm. you for praying for us, too. I mean, this is exactly what we want to happen from our respective websites and blogs and also from the podcast. You know, if you disagree with us, that's okay. We are big girls. We can handle that. You know, hit Mm -hmm. the books or hit the book, you know, (laughs) check us out against scripture. Make sure we're telling you the truth about what it says. That, you know, that's awesome, Savannah. We just, we praise God with you for the work that he's doing in your life through his word. Amen. Yes, praise God. Uh, This next five-star rating and review comes to us all the way from Nigeria. Uh, Listeners, did you know that there are a word fitly spoken listeners in every continent in the world except for Antarctica? I don't know what's wrong with those people. (laughs) I'm just kidding. You Antarctica people need to listen to. But uh, we are so humbled and amazed by that, though. You know, this listener titled her review a blessing. And she said this. There are topics that I have not really thought about as areas of importance in my life, but these ladies have made me aware of them and helped me work on these areas of my life. Well, that is wonderful. Thank you so much for uh, that great review. And we share these reviews, by the way, not to pat ourselves on the back or anything like that, but just to encourage you that uh, the reason we do these things is to help women all around the world. Right. And to glorify God for the work that he is doing in their lives. I mean, we're just thrilled that he would use sinners like us to play a small part in, in helping our sisters in Christ. And so he certainly gets all the glory for all. All the work that that has been done in the lives of these these sisters who have commented. Um, Here's just one more five star rating and review from uh, Curl Top Angel, who listens on Apple Podcasts in the U.S. That's a cute (laughs) name. Um, And she's uh, she titles her comment. Wonderful, biblical and encouraging teaching. She says. I've always liked listening to various Bible teachers. I love this podcast and how these ladies fearlessly proclaim the truth. Their love for Christ and other ladies comes out in their teaching as they encourage other women to grow deeper in their walk with Christ. They are not afraid to warn others of false teachers and teachings. They also talk about various foundational Christian disciplines in a way that is simple to understand, but challenging to do. I've especially found this to be the case with their episode on Holy Habits for the New Year Evangelism with Rick Rich Story. Yeah, that was a great episode. So thank you, ladies, for speaking truth in love and proclaiming fitly spoken words. Keep up the good work. Well, thank you so, so much. We will pass on your encouragement to our brother Rich as well. I know he'll be glad to hear that. And we're already planning some of our Holy Habits for the New Year interviews. And I think you're going to love them, listeners. And uh, if you love a word fitly spoken, we would love for you to also leave us a five-star rating and an encouraging review like these listeners did on your favorite podcast platform. When you do, it drives our analytics up and gets the sound doctrine of a word fitly spoken into more and more earbuds all over the world. And maybe even someday into the earbuds of some penguins down there in Antarctica. (laughs) But it it gives podcast listeners an an alternative to podcasts by big name false teachers. So that's really important, too. So if you want a small and simple way to fight against false doctrine, 
write us a quick review, drive those analytics up and get us out there to more listeners. Yeah. And last but not least, we want to say a big thank you to those of you who supported us over the summer via PayPal and Patreon, especially our new donors. Thank you so much. We Not only do we appreciate your generosity, but it actually helps uh, with our, our website costs, which are growing by the year. Uh, our podcast platform, you know, just the subscription costs to uh, be a part of that. So uh, just to be able to have a podcast podcast is it can be very expensive and uh, we just appreciate you guys uh, deferring the cost for that so thank you so much to Mary Rhonda and Natalie who donated several times through PayPal and a huge huge applause to all of you uh, to all of our uh, patrons on patreon thank you so much for your monthly support now, if you would like to support us financially through PayPal or Patreon, you could just go over to a word fitly spoken dot life, not dot com or dot org and dot life and just click on the support tab. We'd really like to encourage you to do that because we've recently had to update some of our uh, recording technology and that's going to be a new monthly expense for us. So thanks for your support. We literally could not do this uh, podcast without it. And we also want to remind you that it's time to start planning your church's 2024 women's conference or event. And Michelle and I would love to be your speakers. Think about it, pray about it, talk to your pastor about it, and uh, we can work together to make that happen. You know, the big name false teachers have their big conferences and simulcasts. Why not offer the women of your community a doctrinally sound alternative with plenty of fun and local fellowship? Get all the info at our speaking tab at awordfitlyspoken.life. Yes, we want to come out and share some words fitly spoken with you. So check yes. that out. And until next time, summer's over and it's fall, y'all. So you autumn walk worthy. Mm-hmm.